Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. is the greatest power. Hallelujah. Because God is our God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We shall not be defeated. Would you help me to appreciate the Tabernacle of Praise Church? Praise team and sanctuary choir. God bless you on this morning. Want to go quickly to the word of the Lord Man, I just believe that somebody needs to be encouraged, challenged, inspired uh, in the way of the Lord. And I understand that we've been talking about and certainly even the opening scripture dealt with, amen, who is our king. And so I just want to uh, address that this morning. There are some times when... Uh, uh, on various occasions, it's rare that I would actually ask the, the praise team, the, the choir, to actually uh, sing anything that would be related to an area of which I'd like to address you. But it just so happens that I believe on um, this morning we've kind of linked up and synced up, and I realize and know that it's because of the Holy Spirit. And so I would praise the Lord. I'd like to address your attention this morning to the book of Judges. That's an Old Testament uh, scripture. We don't delve into that particular area very often, but it's in the front part of your Bible. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Praise the Lord. We certainly honor the Lord on today. Uh, Judges chapter uh, 21. And we'll begin at verse uh, 19 and then read it through its entirety. J Judges 21, verse 19. And if you don't mind standing for the reading of God's word, it is part of our custom. Amen. And we thank God for you on today. When you have it, say amen. I invite you to read along with me. Verse 19, it says, Then they said, Behold, there is a feast of the Lord in Shiloh, yearly in a place which is on the north side of Bethel, on the east side of the highway that goeth up from Bethel to Shechem and on to the south of Lebanon. Therefore, they commanded the children of Benjamin, saying, Go and lie in wait in the vineyards and see and behold, if the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance in dances, then come ye out of the vineyards and catch you every man his wife of the daughters of Shiloh and go to the land of Benjamin. And it shall be when their fathers or their brethren come unto us to complain that we will say unto them, be favorable unto them for our sakes because we reserve not to each man his wife in the war. For ye did not give unto them at this time that ye should be guilty. 
And the children of Benjamin did so and took them wives according to their number of them that danced whom they caught and they went and returned un unto their inheritance and repaired the cities and dealt with them. And the children of Israel departed thence at that time, every man to his tribe and to his family. They went out from thence, every man to his inheritance. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Every man did what was right in his own eyes because in those days there was no king in Israel. The word of the Lord is blessed. Just before we pray, would you rehearse this in the hearing of somebody and just tell them that there's no king like my king. There is no king like my king. Precious Father, we honor you and we bless you on today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege and the opportunity to stand, God, as an oracle, God, as a conduit for you to communicate the will and the word of the Lord to these your people. And we pray, God, that even now, God, that you would open up our ears, our ears of understanding. God, take away the blindness that we might see, not only with our eyes, but also with our hearts. God, what it is that the Spirit is saying to, just to the church. God, we thank you in advance because we realize and know that you care about us. We thank you, Lord, even for what we believe is this time of reset and affording us an opportunity, oh God, certainly to get back on track. Oh God, after somewhat of a hiatus, we pray that even now, God, that the, that the Spirit of the Lord will come through in such a powerful way that the enemy, oh God, would, would certainly put down his weapons, that he would remove himself from thence so that you might have clear path to our hearts, our minds, through the word of the Lord. We ask now, Lord Jesus, that you would certainly hide me behind the cross. Let every bit of flesh decrease as your spirit would increase. In the name of Jesus, that no flesh would glory in your sight. God, but that you would receive all of the honor, all of the glory, all the praise. We give it to you now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, and we seal it with a praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. We often preach about when God directed Moses into Egypt and to, for him to tell Pharaoh to let my people go, that they might hold a, a feast, that they might worship me, and that God did that so that he might uh, ultimately bring the children of Israel out of the wilderness or into the wilderness, out of uh, bondage that they were in in Egypt, that they might ultimately hold uh, for for lack of a better phrase, a tent meeting or a camp meeting out in the wilderness and worship the Lord so that he might be able to remind them of what it was like 
you know, before their captivity. It was more than just uh, a camp meeting, but God was calling the children of Israel out of the bondage of which Egypt had held them. And they had experienced slavery for more than 400 years. And he wanted to, them to ultimately to regain because many of them, this whole idea of, of, of being in the presence of the Lord was actually new to each and every one of them. And so he wanted to, them to have an experience of what it was like to worship him individually, what it was like to worship him corporately with all the people that they may come out of the wilderness, separate themselves from the government of slavery, which they had controlled them, that they might be liberated, that they might be freed to the point to where they would only be willing to serve and worship the only true and the living God. And worship, when we talk about worship, it goes deeper than what we do sometimes with our mouths or, or with our hands uh, because God was setting them up so that they might at all times understand and know that it was the Lord that has brought us out of the slavery, out of the darkness, out of the bondage, out of the ravages of what we have come out into a much better place. And so the Lord brought them into a place, set them down in the wilderness, caused Moses to go up to Mount Sinai, hallelujah, and there receive the Ten Commandments of God, which was a governance document. And what was going to take place there was that they were going to become a people. They were going to become finally an organization again uh, under what we would call uh, a theocracy. A theocracy is different from a democracy. In a democracy, the people rule. But in a theocracy, the, the, the leadership, the governance is actually done by, 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 in this particular case, by God himself. That God would be responsible for all of the governance, for all of the leading, the direction, the guidance, whatever it was. That they would operate under the will of God and not under the will of the people. In a theocracy, the government doesn't emphasize the will of the people. The people exercise that will. And, but in, under a theocracy, God is afforded an opportunity to direct us as to what his will is. That is to say that God is king, that God is in control. That God is the one that rules over the earth. Uh, it is God that has made us. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. We don't get a chance to, 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 to call all the shots anymore. Glory to God. But we allow God to do that because we realize and believe that God, uh, glory to God, in his infinite wisdom is much more knowledgeable than we are as to how our lives should be governed. And so we give free will to God to lead us, guide us, to direct us. Consequently, when the children of Israel escaped Pharaoh, God had to deal with their former king in order for them to really feel and realize that they had been set free. 
when Pharaoh began to chase the children of Israel, hallelujah, as they were crossing the Red Sea, glory to God, uh, the children of Israel didn't realize, Elder Brown, that God was setting, setting them up for a blessing that they had never, ever seen before. And God, if you will allow him, uh, glory to God, he'll give, he'll set you up as well. So that your old king won't have the ability to influence you anymore. And so the Lord had set things up. And ultimately, most of us that know the story uh, would, 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 would know and understand that God caused uh, uh, Pharaoh and his army to be drowned in the Red Sea. And he did that so that the children of Israel might be able not only realistically, but also mentally and spiritually to understand that they had been set free. And you're never really truly free as long as the one that controlled you before still may have access to you. Hallelujah. You're not free as long as you sense that he's still trying to chase you to get you to come back to what God has delivered you out of. You have to come to the point in your life where you reckon that your past is dead so that you might be able to move more freely into your future without the fear, glory to God, of ever having your past, hallelujah, haunt you down and catch up to you, hallelujah, and begin to interfere with your future. It was in the history of my ancestry uh, as I begin to reflect that would uh, at one point flee the oppression of slavery in the South and would say that I'm free. But they really weren't free because they had to constantly live on the run. And if you're always in a position where you feel like you're living on the run, Glory to God, you're always fearful of your past capturing you once again uh, and you going back into it. Uh, glory to God. And you're always having to look back over your shoulder. You're not free. You're just a slave on the run. And I'm finding that there are more and more people, even in the church, who are claiming to be free. But they're really not free because they're like runaway slaves. They're always having to look behind them. They're always having to search around the corner to see if some of their past deeds are going to catch up to them. Worried every day that, that what they're trying to escape is going to ultimately capture them. And so they're looking over their shoulder, wondering if they'll be, ever be able to outlive the mistakes of their past. It was not God's will, and it's still not God's will, that a bunch of runaway slaves, glory to God, would be a part of an organization that God is in charge of. God has no desire for us to continue to live in slavery once he has freed us from it. And so in the case of the Israelites, he brought them out of the Red Sea. Glory to God. Took them all the way through it on dry land. Uh, opened up a way for them to escape. Uh, and then left it open long enough for Pharaoh's army to come through. Yeah. 
And so when Pharaoh army, their old king, tried to follow them through the way that God had made for them, God allowed the sea to swallow them up and drown them. And there's one other caveat that I think is worth noticing that, that, that the, child, God, the children of Israel were allowed to see Pharaoh drown. And that becomes significant because when you're able to see, hallelujah, your past uh, being forgiven and taken away, when you're able to see it, then it frees you mentally. And then this is what I like that, that happens. And, all, and I just believe that all of us ought to get to the point to where we have the ability to hit memory recall and remember just how far God has brought us. And we need to do it on a regular. So we'll do like the children of Israel did. They got so excited about, uh, about being free. They got so excited, uh, glory to God, uh, 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 about uh, what they saw happening in the Red Sea that they got emotional. And the one thing that I realized that we haven't done very, a good, very good job of is we don't get emotional about God. But the children of Israel were so excited about seeing their former king die, gurgling down there in the, in the midst, in the bottom of the sea, that, 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 that Miriam. That Miriam. And, and that's why I still like tambourines in the church. The Bible says that Miriam, hallelujah, broke out her tambourine and begin beating the tambourine and some of the other women they found stuff to glory to God to start praising and magnifying God with and the women broke out in a dance and they became infectious to the point to where two million people begin to worship and praise and magnify God Right in the presence of the Lord, uh, they lost all inhibition. Uh, hallelujah. They realized that they were free. And I think there ought to be times in our lives, uh, hallelujah, when we say free at last, uh, free at last, thank God almighty, we're free at last, and begin to praise and magnify and dance before the Lord. They were celebrating the termination of their old king. I believe there should be a point in time when you have a, a date marked. Hallelujah. You may have to put it in your phone and so your alarm goes off. I don't know how often it needs to be, but it needs to be on a regular. So you'll stop doing everything that you're doing and begin to thank God for just how far he brought you. To thank him for the newness of life. Thank him for every spiritual blessing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That, 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 that in heavenly places in Christ. You ought to have a party until you know that your soul is set free. Until you know that the oppressor that used to hail you, that used to hold you bound. Glory to God. He has no place in your life anymore. And so God led them out, and they were free, and they were liberated, 
And God gave them everything to make them a nation of people. Glory to God. God says about us uh, that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him that has brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Uh, that we should be uh, guilty of doing that on a regular basis uh, so all the world will know what a great God that we serve. And so he, he, he said that I'm going to pull you out and I'm going to separate you. I'm going to consecrate you, set you apart exclusively for the master's use. Like the communion utensils that, that we engage in the, the first Sunday in every month, they're set aside for the specific purpose Hallelujah. And God says, I am saving you. The reason that I've called you out and separated you, the reason I've given you my name, the reason that I filled you with my spirit is because I'm setting you apart. I don't want you to be like everybody else. Hallelujah. You're a holy nation. You're peculiar unto me. I'm setting you apart because I've got a special use for you. You're not supposed to be like everybody else. You're not supposed to fit in. You're not supposed to do what everybody else does. You're supposed to stand out. You're supposed to be a light to the world. You're supposed to be different from everybody else. I brought you out of the pandemic. I saved you. I established you because I'm making you different. I'm establishing you for a relationship with myself. Herein lies the problem that we have, that we've got to fight against. That he has led this group of individuals, the slaves, folk that were bound, in our particular case, bound to sin. He's led them, hallelujah, out of, 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 of Egypt. He's led them through the wilderness. He has brought them into the promised land. They have known no other God no other people but their own. But as they begin to fellowship with other people, it's almost like raising your children. It's really not hard to raise them in their infancy. It's not that hard to raise them uh, in their adolescence. But as they begin to be exposed to other people, as they begin to be exposed to other things because they're not under your control right now. You don't always, you're not able to control their environment anymore. You don't control what they do, control what all they see, control what they eat. You don't have all of the influence anymore over what they think. And that's why I believe that the Lord says to train up a child in the way that he should go. Don't be afraid to challenge them. If you're going to live holy, everybody's going to live holy. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So that even if they do stray, if they do become confronted with something else, uh, glory to God, if they slip uh, and fall, they'll still have a cord to pull themselves up by. 
because you put it in them. Trouble starts when they get up to the age, glory to God, and they start mixing it up with other kids. I wish a parent ought to shout, would shout hallelujah. And they come home and they start acting a certain way, saying stuff that you didn't teach them. And you start asking yourself, who, you ask them, who, who told you that? Where did you get that from? And all of a sudden, your training becomes contaminated by their exposure to some of the advanced systems of our new environment that we live in. And you start seeing personalities come into your house that are foreign to the philosophies that you've established. And so, because the children of Israel begin to be exposed to other gods, they now starting to have different ideas, different philosophies. Now there's this strange new breed of person coming into the camps. And, 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 and what happened, I believe, is by the time they had finished fighting, because they fought in order to get into the promised land, by the time they finished fighting, the Midianites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and all the other ites, uh, they begin to adopt some of the thoughts and the ideas from being engaged with these individuals. And the Lord had led them out of Egypt and had given them the Ten Commandments, Gloria, so that they would be a nation, hallelujah, with a government. Hallelujah, a nation with rules and regulations and uh, a, a, a nation that had some kind of order to their lives. And I must say to you that in spite of the fact that they had leaders, glory to God, that they had judges in that particular day, the, their king at that particular point was still God. And under God's leadership. They experience freedom. Under God's leadership, they experience health and prosperity. Under God's leadership, they always succeeded. They had the victory over everything. And the children of Israel were happy until they start fellowshipping with other countries that had kings. Now they start asking God, why don't we have a king? And God's saying, I'm your king. And they start saying, no, we want one that we can see. We want one that we can identify with, with regularly. And I want to say to us, because sometimes when we're engaged with others, glory to God, and, 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 and others are trying to influence our behavior, we've got to remember, glory to God, that they're under a different type of government than we're under. Hallelujah. Their government is going to ultimately cause them to perish. But if you stick with your government, it's going to end with you experiencing eternal life. And it's sometimes a challenge for many because they begin to see in others, glory to God, some things that look from the outside 
to be enticing, to be favorable. But you've got to remember that you've been called with a holy calling. And you have to learn, glory God, how to become comfortable with who you are, with who God intended for you to be. And so it's at this point, glory to God, where, where you need to understand that, that there's a certain anointing that's on you as long as you stay under the governance of God Almighty. And if we would we would get out from under that covering then God can't use us then God can't bless us God can't flow freely through us glory to God and for some of you you need to be careful because uh, you're, you're, you're too, 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 too much influenced by what's going on all around you and for some of us God can't bless us because we're always changing we're not exactly who he intended for us to be and so he can't flow through us And so Israel asked God, give us a king like the other people have. And the implication there is that, that because the other people had a king that they could see, and they had a king that they couldn't see, that the other people were better off than they were. And that somebody else, and we have a problem with that too, because there are sometimes when we feel like as Christians that other people are better off than we are. The other folk are getting farther along than we are. Hallelujah. But life doesn't consist in the abundance of things which, which one possesses. God has already promised us if we would seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness, then all of these things uh, would be added unto us. And so we don't have to look outside in order to be blessed. We're blessed because we're under the, under the authority of, of, of King Jesus. And so God is trying to get them to stop crying and complaining and start realizing that you're really better off than you believe that you are. But they insist that we want a king. And so after after them just wearing God down, let me use my own interpretation of this. God that gave them old crazy Saul. And the reason I will say old crazy Saul because we saw what kind of leader Saul end up being. That he was no, that he was no comparison to almighty God. That's why it's so important for us to stay under the will of God or stay in the will of God because life has a way of confronting you. And life has a way of confronting you with certain type of troubles that if you don't have God on your side, uh, if you don't have somebody that's there that covers your head, uh, that, that covers your spirit, you'll end up going crazy over what of some of the things that could actually happen. Even when you're on the Lord's side, you, you'll have to fight. But I guarantee you, if you stay on the Lord's side, that you will become a winner. And I just believe what Romans 8, 28 says. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. But here in the 21st chapter of Judges, there was a war between Israel and one of the tribes of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. In other words, and I don't have time to actually go into all of it because you all are cooking, I know, at home, and you want me to hurry up and get through. 
but I still have three and a half hours before the game starts. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Stay with me. Don't go nowhere. But they were having a family feud. And as we read, it's just like the strangest thing that one group, they're all a part of the family. Okay, but they're having a family feud. You got one tribe, glory to God, that's going against other tribe. And I'm not, you, you know, all it takes is for one little thing to happen. And then one sect of the family starts to work against the other sect of the family. And you have all this division. But in this particular case, it's worse than that because it's not just, it's not just what we see, glory to God, because there was a physical altercation. There's a spirit, glory to God, a spiritual connotation behind it that uh, the Bible in the last verse affords us an opportunity to know what was really going on. And the Bible says that in those days that there was no king in Israel there was no king they had this guy named Saul but they realized you're not you're not a real king you're not even like the other kings there was no king in Israel and every man did what was right in his own eyes and that's dangerous self-government is dangerous there was no ruler. There was no measurement of what was right and wrong, much like today. I will confess to you that I don't mind sometimes when I realize my, the Lord convicts me and lets me know that I'm wrong. I don't have a problem with that because I realize and recognize that I, I, that I have a sense then of what's right and what's wrong. Hallelujah. And so I don't worry about that because if I'm wrong, God has already made provision for me if I'll do what he says do in order to get right. But my problem here is that, that like then, even now, many are losing their sense of what's right and what's wrong. We have lost our moral compass. Uh, hallelujah. We have lost the measuring stick for what, for what righteousness ought to actually look like, what holy living and what saints and believers ought to actually look like. Instead of us admitting when we are wrong, when we make a mistake, glory to God, when we miss the mark. We have changed the unit of measurement so that we don't even know when right starts or where right ends and where wrong begins. Now anything goes. You can love anybody that you want to love. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about agape love. Whether they be male or female, you can just do whatever you want to do. It's not enough to sin and then ask for forgiveness. But now we're saying that it's not sin. That what we're doing is okay. That we can actually praise and magnify God, hallelujah, on, on Sunday morning. Then go out after that and just kind of live any kind of way. The Bible says, God forbid. That those of us that he's cleaned up and brought into this marvelous light will continue to live in sin. But there was no king in Israel and everybody did what was right in his own eyes. Come to church on Sunday. 
shacking up and dare anybody to say anything. Don't want to change. If somebody says something, you get an attitude. I'm going to get off of this in a minute. You say you're starting to hang out in the bars and all the other places that the sinners hang out. Glory to God. And, and, and somehow making an excuse for it. Somebody told me I was there, but I wasn't doing anything. I don't go nowhere where I'm not doing what they do. I go to the restaurant. I'm eating at the restaurant like all the rest of the people. I go to the game. I'm cheering like all the other people at the game. I come to church. I'm churching like all the other people. I go to work. I work like all the other people work. I don't say I wasn't doing it. I was just there. She's married to him and she's sleeping with him too. I'm going to let you go. I'm not going to leave you there. But what the scripture was saying that all of this is an indication that every man was doing what was right in his own eyes. Try to get spiritual now. You're at the altar. And you trying to pray for somebody that's got cancer. And you all up next to them and you're praying in their ear and all they can smell is, 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 is tobacco. You praying for me, I got cancer. And all I can smell is smoke. Miss me. Okay, you trying to rebuke cancer off of me and you smoking cancer. And it's because every man did what was right in his own eyes. We've gotten to the place to where we've made adjustments for whatever it is that we want to do. And if we want to do it, it becomes right. We condemn others for their sins while we continue to practice sin before behavior on our part. That's what you call a hypocrite. And I know this is strong medicine, but, but God encouraged me to, to challenge us on today because he is resetting us and there are so many that want to go back to the way that it used to be and I'm not, I'm not I don't like the way that it used to be pre-pandemic I don't want to go back there because it was too hard to pass the people I don't mind the challenge. Glory to God. But I want to be able to, if there's an issue in your life and I see it, I want to be able to say something to you lovingly without you getting mad, quitting, and, and leaving the church. That it's time for us to raise again the standard of holiness. 
Hallelujah. They used to be a high standard. Glory to God. It used to be a mark that all of us were ascribing to. Glory to God. We didn't come in looking around to see the weakest person that was in the church so we could be like them. No, that there was a point in time when we came into the church and we wanted to be with people that prayed. We wanted to be with people that were faithful, that served. We wanted to be next to somebody that occasionally we would overhear them speaking in other tongues. And it's time for us uh, to call right, right, and wrong, wrong. The old saying used to be or still is, let God be true and every man a liar. And it might mean that at some point, all of us, we're on a consecration right now. We may have to call a special solemn assembly where we all come, hallelujah, and fall down at this altar. Glory to God. And let God know where we stand, that we need to be fixed. That we need a reset. Glory to God. So that God will open up deaf ears spiritually. That the blind eye might be able to see. That the yokes would be destroyed. That the oppressed would be set free. That the power of the living God would be on display in our lives again. How in the world are we going to pray and cast out the devil? that we've been sleeping with all week. The devil is probably saying, you know, you probably don't want to cast me out because you're going to need me in the morning. I felt something right there. But, but there needs to be uh, a coming together, an agreement, of all the blood washed, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, battle tested saints of the Most High God, where we're ready to actually get into the presence of the Lord more than we're wanting and desiring to get into the presence of anything else. And tell the Lord, chastise me if you have to. Correct me if you need to. But whatever you do, don't leave me behind. I want to be wherever you are. I want to be in the isness of God, the nowness of God. I want a fresh anointing, a fresh wave of his spirit to come upon me. It's time for God to arise. His enemies be scattered and put to shame. It's time that we desire to be a righteous people, a holiness church once again in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I bless the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Somehow we don't care about what is right. We don't want to feel guilty anymore. We don't want to be convicted for anything anymore. We don't want to feel embarrassed. But the church I grew up in, and I'm not trying to take you all the way back there, but I grew up on some tough medicine. Just an FYI. If 
if, if the mother smelled anything on you at all, they didn't even have to go to the pastor. They could stop you themselves. And you wouldn't be able to play nothing. You wouldn't be able to do nothing. You wouldn't be able to serve nowhere. They would tell you to sit right there, come to church every day. I want to see you in the same place. And stay there until Inspector 12. That might have been the head mother said, you're all right now. You can be integrated back into the major flow. But we can't do that anymore. People will call the police on you. don't want to have any shame in their game doing whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it they come if they want to come they do what they do when they get ready to do and then have the nerve the unmitigated gall to expect God to bless me to actually open up their mouths and proclaim prosperity divine healing favor of God I beg to differ because there needs to be a king that's governing my life. If God is going to be the king of your life, then what we have to do is humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he might exalt us, raise us in due time. And so, 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 so I, I realize that some of us are in, in a pretty tight, a situation where we're trying to now navigate and reset and so forth and so on and I'm not here to condemn at all I'm just here citing a, a situation but praising God that we do have a king that has the ability to set us there there, 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 there needs to be governance there, there needs to be some kind of rule someone that that we submit ourselves to and and sometimes I realize we can't confide in anybody because there's so many that are wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in different things. But I, I, I want to turn a corner right here because I won't leave you, glory to God, uh, in, in a state of wondering whether or not God cares and if he's going to do anything about that. But God told me to tell somebody on today that your breakthrough is coming, that your breakthrough is actually on the way. Hallelujah. But you've got to turn, hallelujah, from what you've been doing and turn back, hallelujah, to the invisible God. You've been serving other gods, but God said that I am the Lord your God and beside me there is no other. The invisible king wants to sit and rule and reign over the throne of your life once again. Hallelujah. The king of kings and the Lord of lords wants to drive the devil out of your life and establish lordship and authority over you. God didn't bring you this far through everything that he has brought you through just to get you to this place and allow the devil to sift you like wheat. The devil is a liar. I come against that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Because God, uh, he has picked you up and turned you around. Uh, hallelujah. He has kept you uh, from having a nervous breakdown. Uh, he kept you through all the trial. He kept you through the test. He sustained you when you didn't know what to do. God kept you from throwing in the towel. He healed your body when you were sick. Uh, he brought you all the way out. Uh, hallelujah. He has brought so many of us uh, from not enough to just enough to more than enough. There's a reason that we come into the house of the Lord and praise him the way that we do. Oh, I feel a breakthrough coming. Uh, somebody ought to praise God uh, right in here somewhere. Uh, you ought to give God praise uh, because God is calling. Uh, God is calling for somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Calling for somebody uh, in this house. Calling uh, for somebody that's watching uh, to make Jesus uh, the King of Kings. Uh, to make him the Lord of Lords. Uh, to make him the master of everything. And I just believe as soon as you do, uh, as soon as you say, Lord, uh, take over, uh, as soon as you say, uh, Lord, I'm here, uh, do what you have to do uh, to bring me into a right place and fellowship with you, then the demons... The demon's going to back up off of your life. Uh, hallelujah. The devil is going to be excommunicated from your house. And the afflictions, the afflictions are going to leap up off of your body. And I just believe that the blessings that God has promised you are going to begin coming your way. Hallelujah. Somebody just needs to say, I want my king back. You need to make it personal, one-on-one -on -one to the Lord. Lord, you're my king. I want you back. Because there's no king like, like my king. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want him back in my life. I want him back in my business. I want him back in my relationship. I want him back in my decision making. I want him to rule over my body. Rule over my family. Rule over my ministry. Rule over my family. Lord, I need you to take control over my life. So I want to take this moment, just before we pray, tell Satan, I command you in the name of Jesus to put down your weapons. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Get back. Uh, hallelujah. Because I'm taking my king back. Uh, I'm kicking you out. Uh, I'm putting Jesus back in. Uh, hallelujah. In my spirit, uh, I want him back. Uh, in my house, I want the Lord back. In my body, I want the Lord back. Uh, hallelujah. I'm taking a leap of faith today. My faith is looking up to the king. Because there's no king like our king. There's no God like our God. Would you stand all over the building? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray. The first thing that I want to pray is I want to afford an opportunity to someone that doesn't know the Lord in the pardoning of their sins. If you're if you're here or if you're watching, hallelujah, this is your opportunity 
to make Jesus the King of kings and the Lord of lords over your life. And it's done simply by just asking him into your life to be master and king. And so if that's you, would you just bow your heads with me and repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my ways. Wash me in your blood and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross just for me and that you were buried and God the Father raised you from the dead on the third day. And right now, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart to be my Lord, to be my master, to be my personal savior. In the name of Jesus, God, I ask you, God, to flow through me. Consume me, oh God, in your righteousness so that I might be saved and know the ways and the will of the Lord in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray for those in general, at large, I pray, pray for this, oh God, this August body. God, thank you for your word that has come to us on today. God, thank you that you're still a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Thank you, Lord, that we can approach the throne of grace and come boldly and find, find mercy and grace, oh God, and certainly forgiveness in the time of need. And so we submit to you right now, Lord, hallelujah, that you would take lordship over our lives in the name of Jesus. If in any area, any capacity, oh God, that we have engaged in self-government, God, we ask for forgiveness right now in the name of Jesus. Ask that you will once again take the throne over our lives. Have control, oh God, and authority and reign and rule over us in the name of Jesus. Knowing, God, that we are your people. We're the sheep of your pasture in the name of Jesus. All that we have, all that we ever will be, oh God, comes through you. And we realize, oh God, that you're the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so we ask now, God, that you would continue, oh God, to have your way in us and through us. Thank you, oh God, for this new season that we're entering into. Ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would have your way. Cause us to be submissive to your will. Engage in those things that bring you glory. God, and we will thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Now, God, unto him, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. To you, God, be glory and majesty, dominion and power. In Jesus' name we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody that appreciates God this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him... Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. We, we, we can take a moment to give God the praise that's due his name. Hallelujah. Come on, make it glorious. Make it glorious. Don't get tired. Make it glorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. You may be seated for a moment. I just want to say. Thank you for listening today. 
If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.